Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. No deal. With millions of unemployed Americans growing more desperate, Congress is at an impasse over how to help. We're far apart, yes. Now, the president says he'll act alone. I'm taking executive action, we've had it. Is it legal and will it work? I'll talk to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and President Trump's Chief Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow next. And grim prediction. Health experts project 100,000 more deaths this year as coronavirus spreads and state officials scramble to gain control. This virus has a mind of its own. We have no idea how it's going to progress. A leader whose false positive test result kept him from meeting with the president this week, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine ahead. Plus, face to face. Presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden narrows in on his search for a running mate. The latest on his VP shortlist ahead. Hello, I'm Dana Bashin for Jake Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is confused and angry. It is difficult even to fathom the number of Americans suffering from the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Nearly 5 million of them have now tested positive for the virus, and 162,000 are dead. More than 7 million students are starting the school year with online learning only, and more than 16 million Americans are unemployed. And after two weeks of negotiating, congressional Democrats in the White House could not reach any agreement to help those American families who were struggling just to put food on the table. At this point, lawmakers have no plans for further talks. President Trump, who did not attend those negotiations and spent a long weekend at his golf resort in New Jersey, said yesterday that he would bypass Congress to sign executive actions addressing pandemic relief, including asking the federal government to consider halting evictions, deferring student loan payments, reallocating money so that governors could partially replace the extra federal unemployment benefit that expired last month, and temporarily suspending the payroll tax. But already there are lots of questions about how effective those actions will be and whether or not they're even legal. Last night, one Republican senator criticized the president for ignoring Congress's role with, quote, unconstitutional slop. Joining me now is top White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I want to start with the president's claim that unemployed Americans will get $400 per week in unemployment assistance. But let's talk about what the executive action really says. Americans only get money if, A, a governor asks for it, B, 
if the state kicks in $100 for each person each week. But many states, as you know, are really struggling to make ends meet. So let's be clear. No unemployed American is going to get an extra penny unless their governor asks for it and can afford it. Is that right? Well, look, uh, don't forget, please, the state unemployment benefits continue. There's no effect uh, on what they do. And yes, you are correct. Uh, for an extra $100, we will lever it up. Uh, we'll pay three quarters and the states will pay uh, 25%. Uh, and I think the way this is going to work out, um, we have additional funds that we will re uh, repurpose for this. Uh, this is an essential item. We've tried to get it through uh, the Democratic House for, I don't know, two or three times. And it's going to be a form of economic assistance. Probably you'll get $800 total, federal and state. And if we get it going September 1st, which is what the deadline looks like, that probably give uh, the workforce uh, an increase in wages. What, what Basically, do you mean, it's a wage increase. After total. tax of twelve twelve hundred dollars. Well, at a, at, at a minimum, we will put in three hundred bucks, and the states will continue with their four hundred bucks. But I think all they have to do is put up an extra dollar, and we'll be able to throw in uh, the extra hundred dollars. So it should be a total. It should be may not be in every That's case not... because, as you know, we're talking averages. Uh, okay. Some states higher, some states lower. But on but average, the... Dana, it'll run to about eight hundred dollars. That's but about twelve hundred dollars wages. Increase. The executive action says $400 and that the state would pay 25% of this. You're talking about some other money that I don't know about. Well, we, you know, we will stand ready to repurpose if states put in uh, a little bit more, as all uh, amounts to. I mean, okay. right now, that number's going to run around $700. I think they'll get to 800 Some states can get above 800 with our federal help. And again, the key point here is that it's a wage increase, Dana, of um, about $1,200 for the last four months of the year. That's a big pay hike. And not only does that reward the heroes who have been working, I think it's an incentive to get more people who want to come into the workforce. But I just, we need a bit of a reality check here. You, you do agree that the only way any of this could possibly happen is if the states actually ask for it and create a whole new system. And is, is that what your expectation well, is? Well, look, that's just, that, that's like topping it off. Uh, state benefits, I mean, we're talking about averages here across the country, but state benefits run about three, $400. That's going to continue. We're, we're not touching that. That's right, we're not talking about states. this. We're just talking about the enhanced unemployment benefit. Let's just, let's leave that out of this that's conversation. So, so for a so, hundred bucks uh, add on, we will put on uh, $300. What makes you think that states have that $100 a week per person who is unemployed in their state to even put into this potential pot of money? Well, I think, I think they'll be able to make room. Our estimates uh, from the Treasury Department in terms of the CARES Act 1 was that the states have not spent 
all the money that was allocated to them and that there's, uh, you know, considerable overflow that they could make use of. We're going to operate on the same principle in the executive order. Uh, we will be repurposing funds from other areas. Have so you, uh, based on our estimates, the states will be able to provide uh, the extra $100, and that will gross up the whole benefit uh, to something on average of about Have $800. you checked with the states how many of the 50 states and D.C. and other territories say that they are going to be able to pony up $100 a week per unemployed? We'll probably— citizen. Yeah, good question. We'll, we'll, probably, we'll probably find that out, you know, today and tomorrow as we make our canvas. Uh, we've been in touch with them. We have very good records uh, coming out of the Treasury Department, but we will be in touch so with them. So you don't yes. know? So you don't know yet? You, the president didn't know the answer to that before I he made his announcement? Well, look, at, at, the, at the moment, we, we know the money uh, probably a good 80 to 100 billion dollars was not spent. So we think that's distributed across the 50 states should be ample. We'll find out the exact specifics uh, today and tomorrow. So I want to remind you of something that you said about this kind of move uh, just this past week. Listen. We've got to fix and extend the unemployment issue right now. I don't know. I don't think that can be done uh, administratively. I think that requires an act of Congress. So the whole question of whether it, there's the money for this to work is one, but what even you yourself said is whether it's even legal. Do you think it is? Well, I, I'm not the lawyer, and I probably spoke out of turn there because I worked uh, all week with our counsel's office, and they proved to me that we could use the Stafford uh, Emergency Act and that we could repurpose funds to do that. So I probably shouldn't have said that. I was thinking at that point we might be able to get a deal uh, with congressional Democrats. As you know, we were unable to get that deal. We tried a couple times. We offered compromises. We couldn't get it. So the president decided to take action on his own. Uh, of course, I think he was right to do so. And when the lawyers gave me a green light, then sure, okay. no problem. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, the president has said for, what, four or five months regarding uh, this whole uh, virus emergency crisis and so forth. He has said we will use every power the federal government has to help out. And I think this is an example of that. So you do think this is a real power because there's a big question about whether he way overstepped his power. I understand there will be a debate. I'm not the lawyer, so I can't give you the final word. But uh, Council Pasipoloni has went through this with a fine, uh, gone through it with a fine tooth comb, and uh, uh, he believes we can do it, and we are going to uh, absolutely do it. We will begin. Um, I believe this will begin uh, effective uh, August first, actually. Well, one quick uh, other question about this apparent uh, unemployment plan. Uh, we've talked to experts about this who say that even if this did happen, that it could take months to get this new system up and running. You agree with that? No, I, I, I don't. Um, the Labor Department, working with the states, states believe it can happen much, much uh, faster than that. Mind you, all the, all the federal money we have been putting in was running through the state systems, so those systems... Uh, which needed some reform and needed some updating, to be sure. Those systems are in much better shape today so when than they will were three, four months ago. So when will people see their first checks? 
Uh, I don't want to be as specific because you might hold me to it as you should, but I think it's going to be in a couple of weeks, and I think it's going to come to about $1,200 per person. Uh, that's a huge You keep saying $1,200 per person. Are you talking about in addition to the unemployment that they're already getting? Oh, Where no. Where does that number uh, that's come the from? Payroll. That, that, I'm, I beg your pardon. The $1,200 will come from the payroll tax deferral. Okay, we're going to get to that. Okay. This, uh, All right, because this is there's a lot yeah, of I, numbers here, and it's 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 it, a little confusing. I want to get to payroll be, tax in a minute. Go ahead. It should be 800 bucks. I beg your pardon. It should be 800 bucks for the unemployment. 800 or 400? No, it should be four. It should be 800 dollars. If the states step up, we're prepared to match. That should be come out $400 federal, $400 states. Okay. I, we'll, we'll move on because I think this is it's not what the president said, and it's a bit confusing. Um, and I think the fact that it's not entirely known is very telling. I, I want to talk about evictions, uh, Mr. Kudlow, because the president claimed that he's protecting Americans from uh, from eviction, but that's not what this document says. It says that agencies should consider whether halting eviction stops the spread of COVID and tells Treasury to identify money to help renters and to promote their ability to avoid eviction. This is not a freeze on evictions. This is a memo asking his cabinet to study it, right? Well, it gives it gives the health department, it gives a health secretary, Alex Azar, and the CDC a lot of power if they are concerned about community spread, for example, uh, they will trigger actions that will prevent evictions. And I think in most cases, I mean, we did not, fortunately, we did not have much forbearance and eviction from the first CARES period, the last uh, three, four but months. But if I, but, but if I, but, if I go got ahead. an eviction notice and I listened to what the president said yesterday, I think I am not going to be evicted. But that's not what this executive order actually says. Do you agree with that? Well, no, not exactly, because, um, again, the health secretary has the authority, working with the CDC, to declare it an emergency. And therefore, there will be no eviction. Has the authority. And please don't forget. Does the, yes or no, does this, yes or no, does this freeze evictions, prevent evictions, period, full stop, as the president said yesterday? It, it will. It absolutely will. All that has to happen, we're, we're setting up a process, a mechanism, okay? I, I can't predict the future altogether. All the federally financed single families and multifamilies will be covered as they have been. I With respect to the uh, additional uh, population, again, if uh, HHS uh, declares emergencies, then evictions will be stopped. Look, okay, we I do just want not you to know in, in this, and I'm, I know you've shifted. seen it. It uses words like consider, identify, promote, review. There's nothing that actually says a landlord cannot evict a tenant. But uh, let's move on, because I really want to talk to you about the payroll tax cut. Uh, this is another part of what the president talked about. Uh, let's start with the fact that it doesn't affect 16 million Americans who are currently unemployed and aren't on a payroll to tax, right? Let's start there. Um, and I also want to talk about what you said in 2011, you wrote that a payroll tax cut is a, quote, very weak need economic stimulus 
and a lackluster job creator. So were you wrong then or are you wrong now? Now, look, I, all I was saying then is there's stronger tax cut measures that would have bigger effects throughout the economy. But, you know, when I said that, you couldn't foresee what's happened uh, with the virus and COVID. You just couldn't foresee that. Now, look, at this point, as I said, it would probably be worth $1,200 per worker. And in terms of the number of workers, yes, we're running somewhere around uh, 15, 60 million unemployed, way down, I might add, thankfully. We've had a $9 million increase in jobs and a big decline in the well, unemployment rate to 10.2% on the Friday numbers. And we are in, I believe, a strong, self-sustaining V-shaped recovery. Okay, on the well, payroll you, you tax, say that, you, you I think say that. I just think... You say people that, and it's better it, than it was, but just remember it, that we are at a, a place, place right now where the unemployment rate is still at the height that it was in I, the Great Recession of 2009, as you well know. I mean, it's still, it's still I, pretty I, bad. 30 I, million I Americans don't have, uh, don't have enough to eat. On this, on this payroll tax but, question— But, Dana, I, I want to make sure I understand that. As I've said many, many, many times, there's still plenty of hardship, and there's still plenty of heartbreak— in these numbers. That, by the way, is why we are driving forth with administration executive actions to provide unemployment assistance. And with respect to the payroll tax, basically we're giving 140 some odd million people who worked through this pandemic, they're heroes, we're giving them about a $1,200 wage increase after tax. Mr. And I Kudlow, think that is vitally You say we're giving them. And I you think you that say we're giving them that. that but will, as you will know, it, in the Constitution, it says the power to tax is a power of the Congress of the United States. How on earth is the president unilaterally making a decision on taxes constitutional? Well, look, it's a deferral. It's not a uh, tax rate change. I understand it will be challenged in the courts. We'll, we'll see what happens. A lot of this, Dana, has to do with repurposing. We have a lot of extra money that has not yet been spent. Um, that's part of the negotiations. Uh, the Supreme Court has permitted us in the past, particularly regarding the wall between the United States and Mexico, to allow repurposing of funds. Okay. And we believe the Treasury Department has the authority okay. to suspend the tax, not okay. permanently, but to suspend well, not the tax permanently, on but a the temporary president said basis. Okay, but the president said explicitly that if he gets reelected, re he will make the payroll tax cut permanent. As you well know, I these funds, these yeah. funds, go into and help pay for Social Security and Medicare. The president promised many I, times not to I cut Social Security I, and Medicare. So, isn't that exactly yes, what he gonna, would be doing he, here? Uh, no, he will protect Social Security and Medicare. How does he do that he and cut payroll taxes at many, the same many time? Times. Well, hang on. Uh, when he referred to permanent, I think what he was saying is that the deferral of the payroll tax to the end of the year will be made permanent. It will be forgiven. The tax is not going away. We're still going to well, have the Social he would, Security he tax. He said he would we are do still away protecting. with it if he gets reelected. It was a new campaign pledge. But I, 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 no, I, I think that he was referring doing away with it. I believe he was referring to doing away 
with the payback of the deferral. And I think his intent here, and it's written in the uh, EOs, very clear, that we will take uh, any steps possible to forgive this deferral. That's so, what he oh, was actually oh, saying. We will okay, protect I just say, Social Security. I just want to say that's what you're saying. Medicare. That is not that is not what the president said at, at all. Um, he said he it, said the it's opposite. It's in the executive just real order. Quick, Okay. It's well, that's not what he said. Order. People aren't reading the executive order. They're they're listening to this. Well, I think he uh, was meaning. To what he said. I think he Mr. meant. Col I think he meant the deferral would be forgiven. I think he was okay. saying that that the savings on the deferral will be permanent. He okay. did not mean Thank that he's eliminating the Social Security tax. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Up next, the top Democrat in the relief negotiations, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, responds to the president's announcement. Plus, President Trump says that states have enough money to chip in and pay unemployed Americans $100 more a week. Is that true? Ohio Governor Mike DeWine on that claim and his false positive coronavirus test result. Stay with us. to State of the Union. I'm Dana Bash. Yesterday, President Trump accused Democrats of being unreasonable to push for $3 trillion in economic relief for Americans and said his four executive actions will, quote, take care of pretty much this entire situation after congressional talks broke down. Uh, broke down, rather. Joining me now to respond is the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let me just start with what just happened in my interview with the president's chief economic advisor, Larry Kudlow. He said that the White House didn't know how many states would contribute to the president's plan to supplement unemployment insurance or how long it would take for those payments to kick in. What's your response? Well, first, good morning, Dana. It's nice to be with you on a Sunday morning. Let us all be prayerful that we can meet uh, the needs of the American people, especially as we all uh, watch the uh, angst that is associated with sending children back to school. What the president's advisor said uh, is it really shows the weakness and the meagerness of what the president proposed. First of all, he's saying states have the money. No, they don't. They have expenses from the coronavirus. They have lost revenue. Uh, because of that, they, may, they are firing uh, health care workers, first responders, uh, teachers, and the rest, uh, sanitation, transportation workers, because they don't have the money. Uh, second of all, he, um, uh, it, everything is left out. Our assistance to the schools, feeding the hungry, helping people who are going to be evicted. The president's uh, well, didn't even do a moratorium. He just did a study or a look at a moratorium. So again, uh, something's wrong. Either the president doesn't know what he's talking about. Clearly, his aides don't know what he is talking about. And or something's very wrong here about meeting the needs of the American people well, let's talk at about this time. what he did do or what he said he did with these executive actions. Are they legal? And if you don't think they are, are you going to sue to block them? Well, the fact is, is that whether they're legal or not takes time to figure out. I associate my self remarks with a Senator Sass who says they're unconstitutional slop. But will you sue? I think that's right. Well, right now we want to address the needs of the American people. Uh, as, as 
constitutional, my constitutional advisors tell me they're absurdly unconstitutional. But right now, our, our focus, and that's a, a, a parallel thing. Right now, the focus, the priority has to be on, again, meeting the needs of the American people, sufficiently allocating resources to send children to school, not threatening schools that if they don't have actual attendance, they won't get the federal dollars. So given that, are negotiations going to resume? Or are well, negotiations I so. dead? I hope so. We, look, we have a big difference, and here's why. For example, millions of children in America are food insecure, and, and their families as well. But I always like to focus on the children. In, the, in our bill, we have tens of billions of dollars to address the hunger needs in our country, which are there normally, but exacerbated during the pandemic. We have tens of billions of dollars. They have 250000 $250,000. So do they care? You know, I have a prayer that I say, uh, let's pray for those who are hungry. Let's pray harder for those who will not feed them. Then we go to the, uh, the uh, so, Princeton lab, or ev eviction lab, says that we need these resources. There are going to be this many uh, millions of evictions, so and the president that, is going to study it. They're right. going to look at it. Right. So given that you are the Speaker of the House, you have yeah. enormous power. You've been in these negotiations. Yes. Given what you just said about people hungry and worried and, and very, very uh, fearful, why not get back in that room and come up with a compromise on some of these core issues? I That's understand, right. I understand you, 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 know, you want to get the best possible for people, but at some point, you got to work with the other side, right? Well, that's right. And that's why we said we'll come down a trillion. Not that we cut out any of our priorities, but we shorten the length of time in which they would be in effect. And next year, we can extend them again. And they could add some, I mean, Tens of trillions, 60 trillion actually, $250,000. There's a, a long way for us to come together. But we'll come down a trillion, you go up a trillion, we'll find our common ground so, there. So Let's go to the table. Okay. So, so we why can't accept what So they why aren't you there. at the table then? Why aren't you guys working all weekend then to try to, to, well, try we to said, figure come that back, out? Come back when you want to put up some more money. But we can't accept the meager... Uh, uh, pass that they have there. And by the way, this is really a thing, uh, an issue that takes a lot of our time, opening up our schools. We have the data that shows that if you open up actually, if you open up virtually, and if you open up hybrid, it costs just about the same amount of money. And so what we've seen is of the 100 largest school districts, 62 are opening right. 100% so, virtual. And yet the president's saying, unless you open up actual, we're withholding so, okay. federal dollars. So, so I want to talk specifically about this extra $600 a week in unemployment benefits that expired. Uh, two top Obama uh, economic officials, Tim Geithner and Jason Furman, wrote in June that extending $600 would, uh, quote, does not make sense now. Uh, you're standing firm on that number, on that $600. Yes. Why are you insisting on that as opposed to having a compromise with the Republicans so that people out there who are hungry, who desperately need that money, could get something rather than nothing, which is what they have now? Well, let's just say that the $600, um, uh, many economists tell us, 
I didn't even see that on their part. Many economists tell us that that has kept many, many millions of people out of poverty, A. B, what they put on the floor of the House Senate last week was $200. Okay, so $200. you have 600, they have 200. What about 400? I mean, yeah, that well, seems the like president a pretty proposed, clear compromise. What the president proposed yesterday at his country club, surrounded by his people who must spend thousands of dollars to join, is something that won't even work. He's talking about, well, I'll put up 400 and the states will put up 100. Right, he's they talking about money. executive they action, which is, which is questionable. I'm talking about you know, doing I'm, it the right I'm, way. I'm saying that he, what he put forth is not is not even workable. Would you do $400 extra? I'm not negotiating that right here. It depends on what else is in the bill. That it, it depends on what else is in the bill. When they have $250,000 for food, nothing uh, for elections, uh, withholding funds from schools who want to open up virtually and the rest, uh, again, no money for those who will be evicted because that's, so the, same, that's the same kitchen table. I either get this money and I can help me pay the rent, or I don't get this. I understand you don't want to. I get no money to pay the rent. I understand you don't want to negotiate with me, but my question is: yeah. are, are Republicans right when they say you will not come off of your of your six hundred dollar number? You will not come off of other uh, figures, other policy initiatives that you want, well, some and that's of them, why. No. And, well, and that's why you're children. at stalemate. Yeah, no, that's not why we're at stalemate. We're not at stalemate because the Republicans have, from the start, uh, never understood the gravity of the situation that we are in. Uh, they have called it a hoax. They've called it uh, their delay, denial, distortion of this pandemic. And we cannot open our economy or open our schools safely unless we address the pandemic. So, so the basic thing is uh, they have ignored that. The problem has grown. And it has become an enormous economic problem. Do you take any and responsibility, is, Madam Speaker, the fact for the is fact that others, this is stuck? Others have said, the chairman of the Fed, other economists have said, pay now or pay more later. So what we're saying is, let's, get, let's help those who need it the most. Let's send our children safely to school. Let's make sure they have food, make sure their families are not evicted, make sure that they're... Uh, grandparents are right. not getting their But under, right now under, they have nothing, as you well know, because the, those, well, those, those things expired. So, Well, what do you think that get out of a $250,000 food uh, uh, designation in the Republican plan? In other words, you're acting as if there's some great big thing that no, they're No, 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 I'm not. I'm asking if there's, if there's room for compromise of on course. your end. Of course there's room for compromise, but you have to see okay. the entire so I want to package. Ask about, so I want to ask about that. The next spending deadline, as you know better than I, uh, for Congress to take action is September 30th. So is yes. it possible that Americans will have to wait until late September, almost two months from now, without any congressional relief? The, uh, on September 30th to do what? I'm sorry, I missed So that's the next de deadline, you know, when you all have to act on right, spending. Right, that's right. The, is it possible that, right, so is it possible that this stalemate is going to last until then, that people aren't going to get relief from you all in Congress until then? Oh, these are two separate issues. What we do on the appropriations process to meet our mm -hmm. uh, fiscal year deadline is one thing. And you, uh, so you're confident have, you're going to get back to the table and figure this out? Well, we have to. We have to. And that's why we were willing to say we'll come down a trillion 
That doesn't mean the needs of the American people have gone down. It just means we recognize that they have a disdain for the needs of the American people. Uh, that's why they question whether people even need the $600. That's why they question, uh, they say to me, some people just don't want to pay rent. We're like, well, you know what? Most people do. Okay, so I want to. I really want to ask you about something uh, different, but it's so important, and that is uh, the uh, security of American elections. A top elections official in the office of the Director of National Intelligence revealed on Friday that Russia is using a range of measures to primarily denigrate former Vice President Joe Biden, while both China and Iran don't want President Trump to win re-election. You suggested in a statement that the threats posed by these three countries are not equal. Can that's you tell, right. it, tell us more about that, please? They're not equivalent, and that's why uh, Senator Schumer, uh, excuse me, Leader Schumer, uh, uh, Chairman Schiff, and uh, I, I don't know what they call him in the Senate, I think it's Vice, Ch mm -hmm. Vice Chair of the Intelligence Committee, uh, Warner, have sent, has sent a letter to them saying, the American people need to know what Russia is doing to interfere in this election. What can you tell us election. as somebody who's privy to that intelligence? Well, we can, no, we can tell more than what the intelligence community put forth. They, they responded positively. They put more information out there, but there's more that needs to be put out there. No sources and methods. Nobody understands can it you, better can than you, us. Can you lean into it a little bit more for the sake of voters wondering what's going on? Well, I can't divulge information that is classified. That's why we want them to do it. But I will say this, uh, that for some reason, uh, they have tried to have some equivalence. I take second place to no one on my criticism of China for over 30 years. They, I said to my staff the other day, they say I'm the most uh, uh, unliked American in China, disliked American in China. They said, no, they don't say that. They say you're the most hated American in China because of their human rights violations, their trade right. policy, their proliferation of weapons and that. But so I have no, take no um, uh, so, criticism for saying this, but the Chinese, they, what, what, they, what they said is China would prefer Joe Biden, whether they do, that's their conclusion that they would prefer Joe Biden. Russia is actively 24-7 interfering in our election. They did so in 2016 and they are doing so now. And, and they say that to a certain extent, but they need to tell the American people more. The American people, I believe, think they should decide who the president okay. of the United States is, not Vladimir Putin making that decision for us. Madam Speaker, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I really appreciate it. And up next, he tested positive and then negative for coronavirus. So what does that say about the accuracy of testing in America? Ohio Governor Mike DeWine joins me next. Welcome back to State of the Union. I'm Dana Bash. This week, Republican Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio became the at least the fourth person to test positive for coronavirus before meeting with President Trump. But later that day, the governor took another test that came up negative and another test yesterday, also negative. Joining me now is Ohio's Republican governor, Mike DeWine. First of all, governor, thank, thank goodness that you're okay. We're glad that you're healthy. Uh, but what I wanna thank ask you. you about is about this experience. You called it scary uh, and what I'm wondering is whether it gave you a greater appreciation for the panic and confusion that Americans feel because the testing situation is so inadequate. 
and specifically about the plan that you have. Uh, there are millions of antigen tests uh, that are out there and people are concerned about them, but you're obtaining with a group of six other states uh, the ability to do more of them. Do you still have that plan, even though you have your own personal experience about how inadequate that test is? Well, first of all, I talked with Larry Hogan this morning um, and we were just talking about that. Uh, and I think what people should not take away from my experience uh, that testing is not reliable or it doesn't work. Uh, what I took was, as you pointed out, an antigen test, which is really a, should be looked at as a screening test. Mm -hmm. uh, 1.3 million Ohioans have taken a PCR test. Uh, that test is very, very, very reliable. And, and so that is the diagnostic test. That's the test that we've been using uh, in Ohio. The antigen tests are fairly new. And the companies that are coming out with them, quite frankly, have the burden of showing, uh, you know, how, how good they are. Could they be used in, in some situation? Yeah, they could be. But you have to understand going in that you can get the false positives uh, it, like happened in my case, or you can get the false negatives. So, so you're still going ahead with this plan way. with the other governors, we, despite what happened. Because it's that kind of, oh, OK, go ahead. Yeah, all, we, all we've done is we've said, let's group together. Uh, let's put our purchasing power together, mm -hmm. uh, not just potentially for antigen tests, but maybe for other things as well. So we're taking this one step at a time. What we what we saw the other day is is certainly uh, if anyone needed a wake up call uh, with uh, about antigens, uh, how careful you have to be. That was we certainly saw that with my test. And Sir. we're going to be very careful in how and how we use it. You certainly did. I, I want to ask you about the executive action signed by the president yesterday after negotiations collapsed on Capitol Hill. He claimed that uh, what he did yesterday gives $400 in weekly payments to Americans out of work extra. But in order to qualify, states like yours have to be willing to pay a quarter of that. Listen to what the president said. States will be asked to cover 25 percent of the cost using existing funding, such as the tens of billions of dollars available to them through the coronavirus relief fund. States have the money. It's sitting there. So, Governor, are you going to set up that new program, request this money, and can you even afford your share of it? Well, first of all, we're reviewing this now. Uh, you know, we have set some money aside, a significant amount of money for testing. Uh, testing is going to be very, very important. So the answer is, I don't know yet. But I want to say that, you know, I want to thank the president. And look, the president had a difficult situation. He's got a blunt instrument, uh, and that's the executive order. He's trying to do something. He's trying to move the ball forward. But I think, you know, what happened, Neil, it really needs to happen is Congress needs to get back in and negotiate. Uh, you know, you and I were talking off the air, but I spent 20 years in Congress. Uh, and many, many times it looked like it was absolutely impossible. Yeah, you know, Democrat re versus Republicans, mm -hmm. somebody in the White House. Nothing's going to happen. And then, boom, at the last minute, it, it, it happened. And so I'm confident that Congress can do something. You they need to do They They really need to do it. They need to pull together. I think, Dana, we need to look at this uh, as if we are at war. Uh, and throughout our history, uh, when we've had a foreign invader, We've pulled together, Democrats and Republicans. We have an invader, and, and that so, is this virus. So, Governor, so just to I be... think I'm confident that they can do that. Okay, so... Optimistic. Just to be clear, people in your state of Ohio, they were watching the president yesterday. They think that they're going to get, if they're unemployed, an extra 400 bucks coming their way. 
what you're saying is that is not clear and it might not happen. We're, we're looking at it right now uh, to see whether we can do this. And one of the things that we looked at uh, as we look back, our economists looked at what has happened, particularly in regard, specifically in regard to Ohio. Uh, but that extra money, uh, you know, went to people who really needed it, uh, enabled them to buy groceries, enabled them to do their rent. The other benefit it had, frankly, is they went out and spent that money as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that money circulated in the Ohio economy. So it, it mattered a lot. Uh, so, and so whether or not it's 600 or 400 or where, it, where that figure should be, um, I think Congress needs to get back at so, it. I talked with Rob Portman this morning and, mm-hmm. and you know, Rob had a plan some time ago uh, that seemed to me to be a compromise plan, which gave people money, but also gave them an extra incentive if they went back to work. That's the type thing that, that there's got to be a middle ground yeah, somewhere. Yeah, you uh, would think so that there would can, be. I, I want to yeah. ask about the money for states which is a big holdup between the two sides. The president said yesterday that uh, what he did takes care of this situation, but more importantly, he said the Democrats are holding out for funding for states like yours uh, because it's a bailout for Democratic-run states. You're a Republican. You run an important state of Ohio. Could you use the money that they're talking about? Yeah, I'm not sure all the, you know, what's been going back and forth. I can't follow it every day. I've got a state to try to run here. Well, they're talking um, about a federal, well, let, more federal dollars just, to give to the states. Yeah, could you let, use that yeah, money? Let me, sure, we could. Uh, let me just say what our priorities are. Uh, our priorities would be more flexibility for our state uh, so that we can help with education. Uh, our priority would also be more flexibility for the local communities, for the cities, uh, and for the counties to be able to spend the money. Uh, we could use additional money Uh, for testing. Uh, This testing, you know, we have doubled uh, our testing in the last four weeks. Uh, We need to double it again and then double it again. Uh, And so that is not going to be cheap to do. But uh, that is until we get a vaccine, Mm -hmm. uh, we have to do testing and we have to do tracing. So those would be my priorities uh, in in Ohio. Governor, I understand. Before I let you go, I have an important question about elections coming up. As you well know, Ohio has picked the winner in all but two elections since 1896. Uh, So far, what we've seen now in your state is that every Ohio voter can vote by mail. Politico is reporting that the White House is weighing executive actions to curb mail-in voting. The president insists that uh, it leads to widespread fraud. Do you agree with that? I can only speak to Ohio, and we have long experience uh, in voting by mail. Uh, we have a no no reason. You don't have to give a reason. And for four mm-hmm. weeks, you can get an absentee ballot. It's worked exceedingly well in Ohio. People can also go in at the Board of Elections and vote. So it, as I think you're going to see more of that because of the coronavirus and people not wanting to go out. But we have a long, long experience in doing that in and Ohio. And you're comfortable and with that? No fraud? I'm comfortable. You, look, you always have to worry about fraud. You have to be vigilant. Uh, we have a great Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, and good local boards, Democrat and Republican checking on each other. It's going to work. Thank you, Governor. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad you're well. And up next, searching for his own Biden. An announcement in the beefsteaks could come any day now. The latest, who's on the former vice president's shortlist? That's next.
presidential candidate's search for a running mate is always shrouded in secrecy, but the former vice president is narrowing his options, meeting with Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, also considering California Senator Kamala Harris, Congresswoman Karen Bass, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, as well as Senators Elizabeth Warren and Tammy Duckworth. All of these finalists are ambitious women and proud of it. All of these finalists say flatly that they would be ready on day one. All of these finalists are, of course, female, and the majority are women of color, which means the vice president's choice may very well be historic, even if it isn't the highest, hardest glass ceiling yet. Thanks for joining me. The news continues next. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 